You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey, here with both my co-hosts tonight, Cole Patterson and Dalton Miller. I was told before that I wasn't excited enough, so we're redoing this, and I am super excited for the football season to kick off in just over two weeks. Before we get started talking about football, how are you uh, How are you guys doing tonight? Yeah, I'm fired up to be talking about Cowboys football. Um, you get your energy level up, Connor. <laughs> Well, the energy level sounds a lot better than it did the first time we tried this, um, but I'm doing fantastic. I start cl- I start up my classes tomorrow. I shot the best round of my life this past weekend. It doesn't count. You used you didn't use clubs that were your own. You, you left that little bit of information out when you were talking to me on Twitter. Well, yeah, you're right. I did not use the clubs that I own, um, but I think that that probably makes the round better, right? No, because you're using Callaway Mavericks. <laughs> okay, so, so like, if what if I went out for clubs every day? Like, I'd play good too. Well, like, bro, I play with blades, like straight up blades. Like, I should not be using these clubs. <laughs> Professionals don't even use the clubs that I have. But when I started playing golf, I was like, oh, if I get blades, it'll make me have to get good at golf. And now I just hit like 60 yards uh, fades and, and pulls every single shot. And I somehow it's like spike it around for an 85 every one. Like, I need to get better clubs. And so, like, the 73 in my mind is who I am as a golfer. And that's what we <laughs> All I'm saying is if there were no. There were no spectators out there with you that we can't confirm there was. the score. My, my brother was out there. Yeah, he doesn't count. <laughs> Let's talk about football now. I'm tired of you. <laughs> well, we, we're uh, about two weeks into training camp, and we still don't have a lot to talk about from training camp because we're not being told a whole lot from training camp. We're not seeing a whole lot from training camp. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Um, we have a lot of hype coming out of training camp, especially regarding the defense. And before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit about Jerry's comments today on the radio with 105.3 The Fan. Uh, we heard a little bit hey, about... I worked there. I'm so proud. Maybe. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that, that you were there. That's When we were talking about this in the green room, you were like, I was there for that. Ron <laughs> so. and RJ weren't in the studio. I was. I would just like to point that out, okay? Right. Big right, time. So. <laughs> so I do want to talk, run through some of Jerry's comments. We got some Earl Thomas in there. We have some uh, whether we're going to be standing or kneeling for the flag in there. We have uh, some COVID test results in there. So we're going to kind of run through 
his comments a little bit. Um, first, I want to start with the Earl Thomas thing. Um, it was reported right before he went on the radio by Ian Rappaport that Earl Thomas was not going to be signing with the Cowboys, that the Earl Thomas and Dallas Cowboys love affair was ending. Um, and then Jerry kind of went on the radio and said, that's not true at all. We're still kind of investigating and trying to figure out if if it's something we want to uh, look into or not. Um, Cole, what was your thoughts on those comments? Because I know a lot of people were kind of going into that interview with the expectation that it was going to get shot down pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I mean, my thoughts kind of on it are kind of just that Jerry loves to cause drama, to create drama. He loves to be in the news. Um, it's, I think he kind of took advantage of Rappaport kind of shutting the uh, Earl Thomas of Dallas stuff down, um, kind of reporting that it wasn't going to happen. I think he was, I don't know if he was upset about Ian Rappaport reporting that or what, but I think he kind of used it to his advantage to be like, hey, the media doesn't know what I'm going to do. Nobody really knows what I'm going to do. Um, we might not sign him, but I'm not going to come out and say that and shoot it down just yet. Um, I mean, we all know that Jerry wants to be in the news cycle. He wants to, he wants the Cowboys to be all over the media and all that kind of stuff. Um, but you're right, like I was, I was kind of expecting him, I guess, to confirm the Cowboys were not interested in signing him, that they were that they're big believers in what they already have, all that kind of stuff. Um, so I'm not, I wasn't sure. I mean, it was, I guess, a little surprising that he didn't close the door on it, but I don't think it was anything like groundbreaking because, like I said, I think Jerry just really loves to have all the attention. Yeah, my favorite comment that he made today was, you know, we're not sure if we're going to pursue Earl Thomas because we still have to see players who don't play safety on the depth chart if they can play safety. And I was like, well, that's definitely not true because if you're not going to pursue Earl Thomas because you want to see Reggie Robinson play safety, then there's something else there because there's no way that that's the only way you're not pursuing Earl Thomas. Yeah. But uh Dalton, I want to get your thoughts on Earl Thomas and Jerry Jones and if you believe him or if you believe Ian or maybe you're riding the fence a little bit. Where are you at with this? No, I don't believe Jerry. Absolutely not. I believe Ian because Ian <laughs> had sources from inside of there or from an agent that says that they are talking, like or not talking. Like mm-hmm. That's the way that this goes. Uh, Jerry is who Jerry is. He's the absolute total salesman, um, and if he can keep the Dallas Cowboys in the news cycle about the biggest thing going on in the NFL, he's going to do that, no matter mm-hmm. what. I mean, it's the reason why the Cowboys are the most valuable franchise in sports. Um, and so, no, I, I don't think that he's in. I don't think that they're particularly interested. Do I think that they should be, uh, depending on the price and depending on just what is going on inside of his head? Um, yeah, I think that they should be interested if it's a low, uh, like a, a low cost thing here, um, just because they've avoided that position and it looks like haha Clinton Dix might not be the guy that spot anyways. Um, and Thompson isn't really a guy who I have a ton of, um, faith in. Faith in. So yeah, um, bring Earl Thomas in for no guaranteed money or very low guaranteed money, and if he is a, a total S-head, then get rid of him. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at on it, too, because, like, I mean, any other position, even at, like, let's just say you had an Earl Thomas caliber player, like, tight end. I'd be like, no, I'm good, because I think Blake Jarwin's going to be just fine. I think between Blake Bell and Dalton Schultz, you have a good compliment there. Um, 
you know, I'm, I'm not just it's this it's the position that makes me really want to pursue it because it's probably by far the weakest position on the roster. Yeah. Um, and again, if you can get a massive upgrade at the weakest position on the roster, then that's something that I want to do. You know, seven days a week. Um, like obviously, there's some off the field there that you're worried about, some mental things there that you're worried about. But you kind of look past some of that when you're when you're talking about getting a massive upgrade in one of your positions of need. Um, mm-hmm. That you don't have a whole like you know Dalton was saying you don't have a, lot, a whole lot of faith in Haha Clinton Dix or Darian Thompson, and you don't really know what you're going to get with Donovan Wilson. And we've seen the roller coaster of a ride that you can have with Xavier Woods. So, yeah. It's you know the the, posi- the the position more so than the player you know that I'm like oh let's go again I'm still like I know it's you know he's an older vet but like Rashad Jones out of Miami like I still think that if they don't go Earl Thomas like that would make a ton of sense or a Tony Jefferson a veteran guy who's proven himself and you can have at least one proven guy even if he is on the older you know, if he is a little bit older, if he is a little bit banged up, whatever, I just want somebody in there that I can have a little bit of consistent mm-hmm. faith in. And whether that's, like I said, Earl Thomas, who's still probably one of the top four or five safeties in the league, I think, when he's fully healthy, um, or if it's a guy like Tony Jefferson or Rashad Jones, I think that that's a position that you need to look to upgrade before the start of the season if you're still going to be out, you know, acquiring some talent and some players. Yeah, I'm kind of kind of thinking the same as you, Connor. Um, I thought it would be pretty smart because of the position. Um, I mean, there's obviously a need to upgrade there, add some more talent in that room, um, especially with reports that Hawk, Clint Dix, isn't, he isn't the guy who they thought they signed, or the, I guess he isn't living up to, to some of their expectations or uh, kind of along those lines. Um, uh, so I guess, I mean, I wasn't really too excited when I saw Earl Thomas. I mean, there's part of me that was excited, obviously, um, when he was released, but I mean, we, I, me personally, I feel like we've been burned so many times with the Earl Thomas and then Jamal Adams. Like it was kind of hard for me to like get my hopes up. So like just the when it was reported that hey, the Dallas might not actually have interest or they might not be talking to him or whatever, I wasn't completely shocked because I mean they really haven't shown me otherwise that they would be interested. But I agree with you completely. I mean that is a position you would think they would be excited to upgrade, um, at least add somebody in the room. If it's not Earl Thomas, maybe it is Rashad Jones. Maybe they do find somebody else that they can uh, add. Um, I just don't think you can – I mean, I don't get why they don't think that position is very important. I mean, maybe they think Donovan Wilson does break out. Maybe they think this is the year Xavier Woods becomes the superstar that he was hyped up to be last year. I don't know what it is, but it is, it is kind of strange. Um, I, for whatever reason, they don't want to add anybody to that room. Yeah, so can we talk about that real quick? Because I, this is something that my my uh, my my work friend uh, R.J. Choppy has been talking about recently uh, about safeties not being valuable. And I'm sorry, but in in a modern defense, which we haven't seen yet, uh, or we haven't seen since Rob Ryan, and they didn't. They didn't do it very well. Um, you know, in your normal cover three defense, like having a good free safety is, is decently important, but the strong safety isn't, isn't incredibly important. But when you go to a too high set, when you're running that too high shell, if you're running a lot of corners or if you're spinning a safety and running a lot of three match, 
your safety has to be good in man coverage. Your safety has to be able to read his keys and react and flip his hips and, and mirror guys, slot receivers in man coverage. I'm sorry, but the modern defense needs two good safeties, two serviceable safeties. Versatile safeties, too. And guys that are versatile. And, and we're seeing that more and more coming out of college. But this team has just refused to even acknowledge the position whatsoever. And we look at Xavier Woods in the back end and we think, oh, you know, that's a decent player. He's a good starter in the NFL. But he's a six-round pick. Like, that is the highest asset that they have given yeah. to this position. And I just don't understand it because the further we go along in the, in the NFL, the more they pick up college and high school defenses – and the more you need those versatile guys, and I'm sorry, but we just don't have them that are serviceable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, like I think that was one of the things that they were hoping to get with HaHa Clinton Dix, the guy that has some experience playing strong and free. But I mean, again, when they signed HaHa Clinton Dix, you know, I was like not excited about that because I'd watched him play the last few years, and I was like, this guy isn't very good. Um, now again, I, you know, I heard from people close to him. AKA his agency who, you know, said it reached out and kind of, you know, said that some things are clicking for him mentally. You know, he seems like he's ready to kind of take that next step. Well, that's the opposite of what we're hearing from people watching practice. So, you know, it doesn't sound like that's what we're going to get out of him, at least not what we're seeing in training camp. Um, so, like you said, I mean, when you just, I guess you can say that HaHa Clinton Dix is the most value, you know, most investment they've made in the position given where he was drafted and kind of where he's supposed to be at this point in his career. But like you said, I mean, outside of Clinton Dix, like you're looking at Darian Thompson, who is a release player that they signed on waivers. You're looking at Donovan Wilson, who was a seventh-round pick. Is that correct? Was he a sixth or a seventh out of? I think he was six. Okay, so you're looking right. at a couple of six-round picks, a player they picked up on waivers, and then a veteran, you know, former first-rounder that has bounced around multiple teams because he hasn't been good enough. So it's just, again, I just don't, you know, we we've been talking about how how inconsistent the secondary has been for three to four years, and I think it just we've really been talking about how inconsistent the secondary's been for about 10 years now, but I think you kind of go back to the the investments they've made in the, the safety position, and that kind of seems to be a reoccurring thing and not sure why. Like someone said to me on Twitter today, if the same bully keeps punching you in the mouth, eventually you're going to put your guard up. And I kind of wish they would just eventually make an investment in that position and see if it can pay off dividends. And obviously when you have a player like Earl Thomas on the on the market that you can sign for – probably a little bit cheaper than you normally be able to get to. Obviously, there's some baggage there, but I think that you just – I think it would almost be worth the risk just to see how much of a difference it can make. So then going forward, even if it doesn't work out with Earl Thomas, going forward you can go, okay, having a really good safety does make a big impact on our defense. Let's invest in that position. Yeah. I'm right Do you guys have you. anything else you want to add to the Earl Thomas saga before we move on? I think you covered it. I'm kind of along the same thinking as you are. Dalton? No. I I think we've just about covered Earl. All right, well, let's take a break. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk about training camp, training camp expectations, the training camp hype in general, and 
maybe see if we need to pump the brakes a little bit or maybe see if we need to keep this hype up. We're going to take a break. We will be right back. We are Talking the Star. And we're back on the Talking the Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at ConnorNFLDraft. Here with Cole Patterson and Dalton Miller. You can follow those guys on Twitter at Cole L. Patterson and at Dalton B. Miller. I'm guessing I need to make my Twitter handle now my first middle initial last name to match <laughs> my co-host because yeah. I'm just blowing that right now. But uh, Get on the bandwagon. Big, yeah, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but always, you know, big shout-out to Blogging the Boys, SB Nation, Fox Media for uh, giving us the platform to host the podcast. Um, and before you continue to listen, make sure you go on the podcast feed, whatever you're listening on, uh, whichever podcast network you're listening on. Click that subscribe button. Uh, give us a good rating. Give us a good review. Leave a comment. Give us five stars, whatever you guys do nowadays on your podcast. Go ahead and do that for us so we can keep up the good work. We appreciate you all for listening. We appreciate the platforms for giving us the uh the opportunity to host the podcast for you guys. But um, as always, click that subscribe button on the Blogging the Boys podcast feed. You'll hear from a ton of different voices, a ton of different shows, and you'll get a ton of good information. So go ahead and do that. We would appreciate it. But before, after you do that, now you're going to come back to the podcast, and we're going to talk some more about Dallas Cowboys training camp. Dalton, we were talking a little bit before we got started today. Um, You had a good I guess you might call it a theory, you might call it a opinion, but what? go ahead and tell the listeners kind of what you're seeing from training camp and what you would make a good suggestion on them doing. Uh, calm down. And I say that just because, listen, I know that we're all football starved. I, I know that we're literally watching Twitter update, looking for any sort of update from DallasCowboys.com we can to see those gifts and those videos um, from training camp. Don't listen to it. And everything that you are hearing from the people on the ground, take with a grain of salt. This time last year, and listen, Brian Braunis, co-worker of mine, absolutely love him. He's been a huge inspiration in everything that I have done. He wears this like a hat. He was pining for Malik Collins last season. During training camp, Malik Collins was tearing it up, and I'm sorry, it didn't work out in the regular season. Xavier Woods was a defensive MVP during training camp last season, and he was okay during the regular season, and and Malik was okay in the regular season as well, but those guys weren't what they were billed to be in the the in, during the training camp period, and we had more opportunities to see them last season and and years prior. So we really just need to take a step back and just be excited and be ready for what is going to come and not what we are not be so excited for what we are hearing from the ground right now. Wow, so that's Dalton Miller telling you to not get excited about your favorite football team. (laughs) Well Cole um I guess, you know, since Dalton told us we can't be excited, we can't talk about how good Trayvon Diggs has been the last few practices. Or Yeah, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> listen, he's going to get, listen, well, listen, he's going to get toasted this year. I mean, it's, it's not going to be all the time, and he's going to have his opposite. Like, he's going to be a rookie corner. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the way it is. Like, yeah. He's going to be. Now, 
what I am excited about, like what I think that we can legitimately be excited about is the fact that we are not going to be forced to watch play through the ball this year. I think that there's always times to pick and choose. If you're chasing a guy, um, then obviously you're not going to turn and look for the football because you are beat. But if you're if you're hip to hip with a dude, or if you're if you have your hand on their hip, you can turn and locate the football, and that's what we've seen from camp so far. And I think that from the videos we've seen, that's the biggest thing that we can take from training camp so far is that we are seeing these guys attack the football on defense. Yeah, I mean, I think you can take that, and I think you can also take, again, without overdoing the excitement, I think you can take that these corners seem to be doing a decent job against these really you know, big three receivers. You know, you're talking about – Daryl Worley, Trayvon Diggs, Chidobe Awuzier, Anthony Brown, they're all having good days of practice against Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, which is, again, I think you need to temper your excitement a little bit, but it's still something to get excited about because we kind of expected these guys to go into camp and just absolutely toast guys all day. And, and again, you know, CeeDee Lamb's getting his, Amari Cooper's getting his, Michael Gallup's getting his, Cedric Wilson's even getting his. But it sounds like the battles are more even than maybe we thought they should be going into camp, which I think, like you said, you know, you don't want to overdo the hype, but I think it's something to at least be a little bit excited about that maybe these corners could be could be a little bit better than we thought going in. Cole, yeah. do you have mm-hmm. any takes on these corners or these or any of the training camp hype, whether you want to buy into it or you're going to be selling it? Um, I come. I do kind of agree with Dalton in the fact that um, it's just so hard. I mean, it's so hard to see who's really going to live up to the hype. I mean, we every year, every team, you have these these group of guys. It, whether it be a uh, veteran player, whether it be a undrafted free agent, whoever it is, there's somebody getting this always going to get hype every single year, and the fans are going to buy into it for one reason or another. Last year, like y'all mentioned, it was Xavier Woods and Lee Collins. This year, we're seeing a lot of the rookies get a lot of hype, such as C.D. Lamb and Trayvon Diggs. Um, it's just, I don't know, it's, I think a lot of people are buying into the hype even more this year just because we we went so long without any kind of sports. There's no preseason games to look forward to. Um, we're really hanging on to every single tweet we see um, on the timeline, whether it be a video, whether it be just a generic tweet about some thoughts from training camp. So I do think a lot of people are buying into the hype. I personally am kind of buying into the hype. I mean, obviously I'm buying into the hype in C.D. Lamb. I am feeling a little bit more confident about some of the uh, defensive backs. But it's just so hard to get a gauge because you're going against, I mean, it's practice. You're going against guys you're familiar with. You're not really in a game and like environment. It's not really competitive as it would be um, in a real regular season game. There's so many factors that kind of makes me hesitant but uh, I don't want to be the guy to say, hey, don't buy into anything. But I do. I will say just be hesitant. And um, I think if a guy, like, I, I, I've been burned to saying Xavier Woods. I thought he, we were all talking about how he was, like, the MVP of the defense. We thought he was going to go on to a Pro Bowl season last year. We thought uh, last year was the year he was going to step up to the challenge. And like we said earlier, it's not that he's a bad player by any means. He's a quality starter. He's a solid player on that defense, but he's not the superstar that training camp made him out to be last year. Um, but yeah, I do think it's easy to get excited because it is a new coaching staff. There, we went so long without sports and all that. Um, 
But all honesty, I'm just glad to see football back on the timeline. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, like like you guys were mentioning, I think I think the one thing that I take away from it every year is a lot of new players. It's easy to get excited about yeah. guys that you aren't familiar with. So, you know, obviously your your CD Lambs and your Alden Smiths are getting a lot of love right now, um, which is good because you know they're you mm-hmm. know you'd rather you'd rather be hearing more positive. Yeah. Than, where the heck's this guy been, and why hasn't why haven't we been hearing this guy's name? Sure. So it's there's some positive to it as well, but but like you guys are saying, I think it's it's easy to get kind of caught up in that hype and exaggerate a little bit of the expectations. I know me and Dalton talked about that last week on you know CD Lamb. Like, yeah, we're pumped to have CD Lamb, and we think that he can be in for a really good year. But like, we don't want to make it to the point where if he doesn't get a thousand yards, that people are already talking about bust. Yeah, like yeah, the dude could go for. 700 yards and six touchdowns and people are going to complain because he didn't have a thousand and ten and I think that that's when you kind of just gotta you gotta relax a little bit and, and let you know still realize that these guys are young football players on a new team and a new mm-hmm. offense like there's going to be some learning curves there's going to be some ups and downs and what we need to hope for as as fans and and you know people trying to cover the team is that there's just more ups and downs in these these rookie years and that some of these new players like Alden Smith can keep his head keep his head on his shoulders, come back, you know, be stay healthy, you know, stay charged up, and you know, play 30, 40, 50 percent snaps a, a game, and you know, offer some juice off the edge without you know setting a ten sack you know quota for him, which I've seen people already starting to do. So it's just it's easy for for guys to disappoint in expectations when, like you guys said, you set these lofty expectations like we've done with Xavier Woods and Molly mm-hmm. Collins based off of what they did in a couple of one-on-one matchups in camp. But mm-hmm. still, yeah, I mean, again, I, I, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, I think it's dangerous to get a little bit, you know, in front of your skis. But uh, CeeDee Lamb is going to have 1,000 yards and the uh, receivers are going to have 3,000-yard receivers and everybody else can suck it. So yep. that's Cedric about Wilson, how about that. Cedric Wilson, CeeDee uh, Lamb, and... Cedric Wilson couldn't get three or four hundred yards, and I'll be okay with that. But Ceedee Lamb is going to have a thousand yards. It's just it's going to happen. Well, that is, that's my only that's my only bullish take from this. Season. All right, let me ask you a question. What a serious question. Do you think? Because I actually don't think Ceedee Lamb is going to have a thousand yards, but I do. Th- I think Ceedee Lamb has a better opportunity to hit ten touchdowns than a thousand yards. Uh, why? Because I think that I do. I think that the offense is going to be good and the team is going to be good. So I think that they're going to be okay. up in a lot of games. Okay. I think Ezekiel Elliott's going to have his best statistical. So his best. Do you think Dak is going to throw the ball less this year? No, but I think that. Okay. I think so it'll be. It's, I think oh, it'll be on. the same amount. Okay. I think you're. Tony so where 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 are all those targets going? Tony Pollard's going to see double the amount of targets he saw last year. But is Blake Zeke going to get seventy one? What where's Zeke was Zeke was at seventy one last year? Yeah, I think he'll see around that amount. Yeah, but I think I think I mean Zeke told us today on the radio that they're incorporating a twenty twenty personnel looks. Uh huh. So let's say that Tony Pollard doubles his catches, which I don't know exactly what he had last year, but I think he had twenty one catches. No, he has 20-some targets, my bad. Okay, so let's say he catches 40 footballs next year, which I think is realistic. Um, I think Blake Jarwin will probably double what he had last year because 
old man Witten's not going to be taking all his targets. Um, I think you know CD's going to see a, a, a big chunk. But I think how many whatever Dak did last year, I think it's not going to be. I'm not going to say it's going to be cut in half. I think it'll be about a hundred less. Do you have do you have Prescott's attempts last year up in front of you? Uh, no, uh, I don't, but I mean, I can get it up really quick. Pull it up real quick. Yeah. I'm curious, now that you asked me that question, I'm kind of curious, because I do, th- I don't think Dak's going to throw a substantial If I remember amount. correctly, it was like 500 and, no, yeah, 596. Okay, so what if I tell you he has 500? Was that completion or t- was that, that completion? Was so what if I think he'll have about 500 attempts this year? Really? So he is going to throw the ball less, like yeah. significantly less. Well, yeah, because I guess that is almost here's here's the, here's the way I think of it. The, the the Cowboys are vacating and Jason Witten and and Randall Cobb uh, 163 targets. Yeah. When when you add on the 41 targets that Blake Jarwin got last year, because Blake Jarwin is now that lead tight end, that's right. 207 targets to split between Amari Cooper, or not Amari Cooper, um, Stevie Lamb, Stevie Lamb, Blake Jarwin, um, Tony Pollard, and Dalton Schultz. Or that, well, I mean, Dalton Schultz is going to get minimal. Oh. Minimal attempts. Like the tight end two will probably see what I mean, not what Blake Jarwin saw last year, but uh, no. I mean, they're, they're, dude, no. No, no. Dude, they're gonna run they're gonna run a majority of eleven personnel and twenty personnel. I think anything with two tight ends is going to be very limited. There's no yeah, point there's no see, point I, in it. Well, I mean I I agree. I mean again and the bad thing is is like as soon as you start talking about having two tight ends on the field, that means one of those receivers is coming off the field, which is what we're not. That's what I'm saying. To do. I just, I just don't think that that they're going to do that very often. So let me ask you: talking about like expectations, talking about like hype, do you think that we could be overrating the difference of this, like how different this offense is going to look in 2020? Do you think we're overrating the amount of? No, I think if it just stays the same, he gets close to a thousand yards. Like, Randall Cobb had close to 1,000 yards last year. He probably could have had 1,000 yards last year if he didn't drop 11 passes and get three or four huge plays called back through penalties. Yeah. I mean, again, I'm not saying... I, I, just, I, know, I just don't see how the offense is going to be worse in year five with Dak Prescott. I'm with you, though. hasn't gotten paid. Like, I don't I, think the offense is going to be worse by any means. I just think maybe Ezekiel Elliott sees more carries and maybe... Which again? But I don't think Zeke, Zeke won't see more carries. I think if anything, we see more early passing and more late game rushing right. than anything. So, I mean, why, yeah. why do you think? Why do you think Dak's going to throw it last? I'm just curious what you're. Uh, you think just because they're going to be up in games? I think the offense is going to be good, and I think from t- hearing Mike McCarthy talk, that I can see situations where they get up in a hurry and. They run the ball to run the clock out because oh, prevent offense, love it, yeah. love it, yeah. love it. <laughs> Which again, like we like as much as we, I don't want to get into a coaching talk right now. Like we saw in the playoffs against Green Bay, right, Green Bay a few years ago, them get up big at half and then allow the Cowboys back in the game and tie the game 
and yeah. lose on the Jared Cook. That's fair. But, I mean, again, I, probably 100 less attempts is probably too much. But I, I wouldn't put, what do you say, it was 597, 597 attempts for Dak? 96, yeah. 96. I would say it's going to be less than that. But, again, I don't think – I think the offense is going to be more efficient and better. But I think because of that, you could see the quarterback throw a handful less. I mean, again, there were so many games last year that, you know, he was throwing the ball 40 or 50 times consecutive weeks, and I just don't think that that's going to be something that we see as much because I think the offense will have a better – game plan going in and it won't be oh let's get into these holes and then have to ask Dak mm-hmm. to pull us out of them so yeah I was just curious what your thought process was and, and again I think like I said I mean my take on it is is I, I could see I could see CD getting 700 yards and 10 touchdowns maybe so more so just because I think that what he can do in the red zone can be more than maybe what he'll do is the down the field receiver you know they might try to use him in more of those short intermediate routes and then get him the football in space and maybe that leads to less yards but more touchdowns in the red zone, more red zone opportunities. But I mean again, I can see him going for a thousand too. I don't think that yeah. that's out of the realm either. For me, I just I look at this team and I say, your cornerback three is gonna have to cover one of these three receivers. And right. the two other receivers both had a thousand plus yards last year. So I'm really I'm that, based I, I just off I just look the matchups. It's like who, like they're all going to be able to eat, and I think like right. that that's what gets me so excited about this. Right, and I think my you know one of the things I'm most excited to see is, you know I don't think it's going to be cornerback one on Amari, cornerback two on Gallup, and cornerback three on CDE every week. Like I think there could be situations where, depending on you know obviously if CD doesn't have the season we expect him to, like maybe that's how it's going to go, but. I mean, again, we saw situations last year where, like, the Lions would put Darius Slay on Michael Gallup for a quarter, and then they move him to – like, I could I could see situations like that where you have, you know, obviously see defenses treat different receivers like the top priority guy different weeks, and I think that's going to be kind of fun to track and follow as well to how these defensive coordinators kind of game plan for these receivers. But that's all the time we got for today. You guys got anything else before we get out of here? I think we covered it. Well, we'll be back next week. We'll have a, a scrimmage to hopefully talk about, maybe see some more, some real-life football played on a video camera to where we'll actually be able to break it down, look at some of the plays they're running, look at some of the the, the, the great grabs that CD yeah. is going to have, some <laughs> great coverage, and then maybe we can get actually excited and maybe uh, we'll be really – we'll be really – excited about football if we do see a full blue white scrimmage or cowboy scrimmage whatever they're calling it nowadays if that if that happens on Sunday which it sounds like it is there might not be any fans there but that is the plan for that to happen and if it is broadcasted live I'm sure next week will be a very fun and information filled week of Cowboys football we'll be back next week to talk about it we'll see you guys next week we are talking the star to do's 
less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.